hope you slept well. Are you hungry? How about trying this? Or this?
United States into an enslaved unit of the United Nations One World Government.
everybody tripping, I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Do, 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 do. Kiss and Masqueraded your doctor Pills become bullets Then they poison your water A pharmaceutical army Built to slaughter Torment and mass Come for your wife And your daughter Whoa Now what Here they come for the guns And God and demons Disguised as priests and nuns Time to run With no place to go Except Honduras With a man called Forto Jones Skull and bones Invade the skies With robot drones Check the infrared radar For UFOs Silver and gold Behold the weather's controlled By genetically Modified hybrid clones Built in bunkers With subjects under mind control Injected and observed In the combat zone Now come on It's the chemtrails guys It's the face all the time just be a dog run around catch frisbees pee on a fire hydrant life's more rewarding and you get access to lots of treats catch salty talk mondays and wednesdays and every friday for salty's weekend warm-up 4 p.m eastern time add a little salt to your life and be more dog
out of their pen With no rage, no fire, with no smoke Or no heat, no weed, no prank From no seed, no rocks, no doors No key was ever made that ain't hoping something before There's no song with no music or no words No decision made, no vision with no word No friend, no God, no law No guns, no bullets, no justice at all No jails, no cops, and no cell No life, no choice, no Live.com, Radio Free Blood, and Radio Chaos. It is July 5th, 2016, the day after the 4th of July. I hope you all had a happy, safe 4th of July. Sorry, things aren't sounding right in my head here. You know, you take time off, and then nothing wants to work properly for you. Imagine that. (laughs) Anyway, I am here. I am live. 
I apologize for missing you guys. I don't like to do that. That's my least favorite thing to do is, is miss a show. I couldn't control it. You know, Comcast has been giving me a, a bunch of uh, bunch of issues getting everything up and running properly, but we'll get there. We're here tonight, right? We're here to do a live show for you tonight. <clears throat> so anyway, we got Scott Ricker. He's going to join us here in a couple minutes. I'm looking forward to talking to him. I haven't talked to him forever. Uh, you know, he's a regular guest, but it's been a while since we've spoken. So I'm looking forward to getting his take on some of the, on some of the stuff I didn't get to talk about last week, like the Brixec. Brexit, Brexit, whatever the hell it's called, the, the the choice to leave the European European Union. I know that's kind of fell off the uh, the forefront because we've had all these terrorist attacks all of a sudden, all throughout the Middle East. There's terror, terror, terror. So we'll, we'll touch on that. And what's up with Russia and, and and the U.S.? What are they doing out in in the Baltic and in the different territories that that they're both playing games in? What is the reasoning behind it? Are they trying to get us ready for World War III? Is that really what they want? They just want to end it all now and and just torture us all into into submission and and that be that. I don't know. I don't know what their what their thoughts are, what their plans are, why they're doing some of the things they're doing. But I'll tell you what, none of it can be positive for any of us. It's it's not going to turn out well for us. It's it's not going to be a good thing. So, you know, we'll touch on that stuff with Scott once I get him dialed up here in a couple minutes. Uh, I, I've got a whole slew of, of stories and, and different things I want to talk about uh, that have been going on locally here in Florida that have gone over on over the past couple months. Uh, just different things. Unusual things. Weird things. Maybe even we could say weird things. I'm going to dial him up here. You won't hear anything. I just want to hit the buttons and see if he's ready to rock and roll yet, which I hope he is. Like I said, it's always a good time having Scott on. What else have we got things? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, we, we totally forgot that I was wrong. I really thought that, that Clinton was going to uh, was going to, to, to get put in jail. I, I really thought that, that there was nothing to prevent this from happening. <clears throat> I just, I, I thought she was going down. But as we learn, if you're an elitist, you're an elitist. 3,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Eight of those chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. 36 of those chains contained secret information at the time. And eight contained confidential information at the time. That From the group of 30,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Eight of those chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. 36 of those chains contained secret information at the time. And eight contained confidential information at the time. But she didn't feel that she had broken any laws. I don't know what happened there. It just replayed on me. Uh, and I wanted to listen to it again to make sure I, I, I understood exactly what they were saying. So there was there was classified information shared and, and, and d- disseminated through unsecure servers. But... They didn't intend to, 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 you know, do a crime. 
Scott, do I have you over there, brother? You do, you do. Thank you, man. I apologize for wasn't up on Skype yet. Oh, no worries. No worries at all. As long as I got you, that's all that I'm happy to hear. So what's new, man? Did you have a good 4th of July? I did, I did. I went out and celebrated the uh, the non-independence of the United States. <laughs> it's so funny, you know. Uh, you, you watch like the Mark Dice videos, and, and at least we know what it's it's supposed to be, you know. But you watch these videos he does every year, and he finds these people, and, and we can both admit, I'm sure, that they're cherry picked, and there's a lot of editing to just point out the stupidity. But to think that people don't even have an idea of what it is, yeah. There's there's uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know if you have to do much cherry picking. <laughs> that <laughs> I'm is pretty sad. sure that there's. There's, there's a there's a good there's a good quantity out there to choose from. Yeah, I'm sure there. Well, it's funny. I was watching, and God, you know, this just I don't know why this happened, but I was watching Fox. I think it was uh, Sunday morning. Everybody was sleeping at the house. My fa- my mother in law was here, and everybody was still sleeping. It was early, and I, I put Fox on just to see what they had to say. And uh, they're doing this this whole thing with uh, American history, and they're going through asking people questions. And they go to this older lady. She had to be uh, mid sixties, maybe early seventies. And they asked her, what was the, the point or the, the statement being made in the Declaration of Independence? And her response was, I'm camera shy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, that's the other thing, too. I have to, you know, you know like, unlike uh, most people, you know, um, my girlfriend says this all the time, too. You know, when you're, you know, constantly, you know, doing programs like you do and like I do and you know, you have a chance to sort of formulate a, uh, a a persona and a perspective that makes you feel a little more comfortable, you know, and a lot of people do get, I'll give them that uh, benefit of the doubt on that, a lot of people do get nervous. You know, you remember when we were in school and you had to read out loud, you know, there was, you know, there was that, uh, that feeling of, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, let people know uh, that I'm, that I'm feeling nervous. And at the same time, I don't want to make a mistake and, and look stupid. So, I think that's. I think that happens a lot to people as they get older as well. Because I don't think a lot of people don't outgrow them. Yeah, I guess I'll give her that. But uh, it was just weird that nobody really knew. You know, even in that for in that format to watch people who are you know the the, the, the Americans best. You know, people who are Fox listeners, you would really think that that would be an easy question to answer. And there was a few others that weren't caught. But anyway, that's besides. Well, a- you are you are really making a stretch there. America's best. Are you serious? What, are, are you still recovering from your Fourth of July celebration? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm just saying that's what that 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 uh, group of people would say and believe uh, is along that lines. Now. Uh, it's funny though because people like us as we think about like i didn't celebrate america's freedom yesterday i went to the beach with my wife my son was uh, had left to go to his grandma's so we didn't have him uh, so we were alone so we went and sat on the beach together and just spent the day together i we didn't even, i didn't even see fireworks i think i fell asleep before it was even dark out right so to- well you know the fireworks the fireworks are you know um you know in celebration to a war, I would say, against the British. And there was a point at which, you know, there was some opposition in the late 1700s, uh, I would say, to the people that fought and died then and uh, didn't give up under, you know, just, uh, you know, tremendous uh, uh, outnumbered uh, uh, tactics and strategy. You know, my hat's off to the people that, uh, you know, that rebelled against an empire that was ruling the world and ruling it in a despotic way, you know. So, 
in that respect, uh, you know, I, I celebrate the, uh, the day, but certainly, uh, you know, it, it lasted less than a century. And, uh, you know, by the mid 1850s, the, uh, the British had moved in, you know, very full force. And unfortunately, American sovereignty was, uh, has been lost for over a century. So, well, I, you know, I, that's, I, yeah. I definitely think that can spin us into one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about last week, which is I think the British citizens now understand uh, what the 4th of July means to an American. It makes a big difference to them after their vote last week. What do you think? Well, there's a couple of different things going on there. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of the right wing, um, you know, extreme pro-Israel Zionists were very much behind Brexit. Now, you know, it's a double-edged sword for me because one side of me says that's great. I like to see the idea, you know, of, uh, of the people of England understanding, you know, that European Union was not the best uh, interest of the Europeans, you know, specifically countries that were most taken advantage of when it comes to the debt uh, games that uh, Goldman Sachs and others played on them, speaking of countries like Greece and Portugal and Ireland, et cetera, and the countries, you know, that are not as powerful within uh, the European Union. Now, the British only had like one foot in anyway. They never came in full bore anyway. They only, they didn't ever switch to the euro. They kept their own sovereignty with their pound. So, you know, them pulling out is like, you know, you know, a uh, um, you know, it's like they were they weren't even fully committed to it from the beginning, anyway. Well, their their so, own sovereignty with the pound. I mean, how much is how much sovereignty do you really have? Because that's no different than what we face with the our own Federal Reserve here. I mean, it's it's based on the true, same true, system. True. I, I'm talking more of a uh, of a currency gain uh, plan. So when when I when I think of uh, um, international currencies, what it does for a nation is it provides that nation the ability to devalue its own currency, to bring in trade or tourism, or, uh, um, you know, it makes outside products more expensive, but it makes people come to your country to buy your products uh, because your products are cheaper to the world market. So when you're a European Union member and you don't have control of your uh, the value of your currency, uh, it absolutely overvalues your products and services whereby if, if you were going to have uh, potential customers or tourists, they'll go elsewhere because their, you know, their money will go farther, you know, even if they're in the European Union. To give you a really clear example, when the, when the Greeks were um, under their own currency, you, know, you could go out for a, you know, a, a full meal and you know, bottles of wine and just tremendous amounts of great food you know, for you know, 5 to $10. And then, you know, obviously when they went into the EU uh, and the pricing was structured in such a way, you were at four or five euro for just a beer. So, you know, it destroyed the, uh, um, the tourist industry and everybody started to going to Turkey, to Tunisia, to Serbo-Croatia, and the tourism industry just, just collapsed on the Greeks. And they're at you know, like 40% unemployment now. So, so that's the kind of uh, um, a destruction. And then that's above and beyond the just massive uh, um, austerity measures that they've been placed under, mm -hmm. the massive uh, um, the fraud and, and theft under the, uh, the Goldman Sachs and IMF and uh, World Bank loans. So it's, it's just a tremendous uh, um, 
know, failure. And I'm one of the few um, that was spoke, had spoken out against the EU from the beginning. So when I say it's a double-edged sword, I like seeing people voting against the EU because I believe it was wrong in the beginning. But at the same time, I don't like the people that represented it uh, in, as a whole because some of those individuals are extremely nefarious on the uh, British Empire side. Uh, that, and that uh, brings are, up a question. That brings up yeah. a question I have that, that raised when you were, you were giving that whole uh, understanding of that. Yeah. You said that a lot of the, the globalists, a lot of the Zionists were in, in cahoots with the whole concept of BRICSX. So right. uh, we also saw a lot of people coming out against it who, who kind of stood on that same, that same fence line. So how... What was their benefit of, of being for it then? Like, like I'm kind of confused because to me uh, it would sound like, and I know it's just a small move as you just described uh, because they never really changed their currency or anything, but it's also brought up you know five, six other nations that are thinking about it or, or, or have wanted to do it, and now they're like, oh, they did it. So what, what's the scheme then? What's the, why would they back so, so the European Union has been tremendously uh, – um, supportive of uh, things like uh, BDS uh, for the uh, boycott and divestments uh, of, uh, of Israeli goods that are produced in occupied territories. They've also been very supportive. Uh, there's a lot of members of the European Union that have been very supportive of uh, you know, uh, just um, uh, holding the UN uh, responsible and accountable uh, for some of the, uh, uh, the decisions uh, that have been made uh, uh, by the uh, um, the superpowers. So I think what it is is a clear sign from the conservatives, which would you know be uh, a uh, an equivalent to the Republican Party fanatics in the United States. Uh, you know the Lindsey Graham's of the United States or the John McCain's of the United States, and these these conservative fanatics are the same uh, um, representatives that were behind the Brexit. And they're also just tremendously involved in the military-industrial complex. They're tremendously involved in the uh, the massive donations uh, into the uh, um, the occupation of Palestine. So this is, you know, these these individuals uh, they will they will take and shift that power of that funding into uh, um, uh, any kind of um, I guess means or ways in which they want, if they can, at the parliamentary level. Now. That being said, you know, if you look at like Jeremy Corbyn in England, mm -hmm. who's actually gaining tremendous, uh, uh, you know, he, he also, too, was a former press TV uh, correspondent or, or commentator like me. And, and what's interesting is that, you know, he actually still has uh, pretty much stayed true to most of what he said. He's had a couple of uh, uh, intermingling's with some individuals that I'm a little disappointed in. But at the same time, he's also, uh, you know, stood his ground uh, more than most politicians. Who's the big uh, at who, his level? Who's the big conspiracy guy that that uh, he gave a big speech? I watched it. I just can't. His name is passing me right now. He's part of you the. You thinking uh, of Galloway or no? He's part of the. Um, what what unions he part of the, the war? No, what's their what's their like their libertarian party type party over there? Um, Oh, you're probably thinking of Nigel Farage. Yeah, not Nigel. Yes, uh, I, I heard. Yeah, him. so go ahead. So Nigel's Nigel's one of these, uh, um, you know, Islamophobia guys too. Unfortunately, he has his own. You know, he was anti. Um, uh, he was very anti uh, EU. So is he the uh, British and, Donald Trump? Uh, yeah, you know that's a good point. He could be. Um, he's he's certainly. 
I think he's a hell of a lot smarter than Donald Trump. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he has a lot of uh, uh, similar misconceptions and, and certainly pushes a conservative uh, uh, rhetoric uh, that's above and beyond uh, what the, uh, um, you know, the, the rational, you know, thinking mind might think. Right. So I, I would, yeah, I, I, I do like a lot of the things he'd said in the past about the, his negative views on the EU, but his true colors are um, unfortunately... Uh, wild, wildly conservative, and he's he certainly doesn't he keeps his mouth shut when it comes to his uh, his uh, Zionist uh, um, uh, underpinnings. So okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, so I asked about yeah. him because you know he he he's come across. I back when I used to listen to Alex Jones, I know he's been on there multiple times, and I've heard him in other places, and I've always kind of um, agreed with what he said. But it's like Donald Trump, you know, I kind of agree with some of the stuff he says, but the rest of it is sure. is is garbage to me. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if you have to weigh, you know, I mean, 80, 20, you know, either of them are at best 50, 50. So. Well, since we're talking and, about uh, that, let, let's, let's, let's yeah. talk about Donald Trump for a second. Uh, you know, okay, I mean, hold on a second. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go take some Pepto Bismol first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's hard to do. I know it's, it's very hard I'm to do. I, I don't like to do it myself. The last thing I want to do is talk about Donald Trump. But unfortunately, right now, he is looking as to be the pre, uh, presumptive candidate. And it's kind of funny they're still saying presumptive even on the news because at this point in time, if it was any mainstream Republican, uh, he would be the candidate, not the presumptive candidate. So I still see something there. Well, in case any, in case the FBI is listening, I'm still hoping someone assassinates him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, listen, and this is where I'm going. Actually, you, you, you're taking me where I want to go because I've always said, I, I've always said that if Donald Trump is is true to what he says on the on the the things about uh, the things that we would agree with him on, uh, if he's really <clears> true to that. Um, and, and won't budge, won't turn, we've got another JFK on our hands, which is what I want to bring up now. And the reason why I want to bring this up now is because he's starting to talk about who he wants to bring on as running mates. Now, if he would have right. brought on a Ron Paul or even maybe a Rand Paul or, or Johnson or, or uh, I'm trying to even think of somebody mainstream who maybe would be uh, somebody. I, I think he's going to bring on Rudy Giuliani, but yeah. Yeah, Okay. So, so now we're looking at the, at his list of people. He 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 claims to be uh, not part of the party. Doesn't want to toe the party line. Doesn't want to play the elitist games. Uh, but yet, if you look at the choices, he is he's kind of shown his hand of of who it may be. They're all elitist. They're all uh, Republican Party sweethearts. So, oh for sure, that leaves him setting himself up to be assassinated in my opinion because if he doesn't no i mean he's he's got you know he's he's got uh, all the right uh um i guess contacts and he's also all his national security boys he's bringing in are all the right guys in the intel community he'll be lockstep with uh, the the traditional um right wing um you know republican um think tanks and those types of guys he doesn't know what he's doing he can't do it on his own he's not smart enough and if he if he does win, you know, if, if we're not lucky and Hillary and he are not, you know, uh, magically assassinated, we're going to end up with some despotic jerk uh, again uh, who's aligned with the system. And I don't see him being outside the system whatsoever. He's just a he's just a mouthpiece that says he's not, and when in fact he's got uh, just as nefarious ties to to the to the 
corrupt uh, backbone of this country as anyone else. Well, he's a good reality TV show host, so... I mean, a real yeah. star, even. Let's let's tell it as like it is. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. So they, they, they have it. They have it. So it's just it's just another TV show, if you ask me. So you don't you don't see any way that he is actually um, the the man of the people. He's not really going to go in there and, and no. do anything major or make any major changes or or make it better. The man the, the, the man of the people that he's that he's um, he's aligned with, but not the man of the masses. Absolutely not. He's not going to help us as a, as a country. He's going to help the people that he's been helping the whole time. He's been involved with uh, mobsters. He's been involved with banksters. He's been involved with, uh, the same, same people that Hillary's involved with in the, some of the same cities for God's sake. So, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's just six to one, half a dozen to the other. You got, you got uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum now running for president. It's one of the worst choices we've had in my lifetime. Yeah, I have to. I have to totally agree with you on that one. Uh, I, I my plan is. I don't even know what my plan is yet. I I want to vote Gary Johnson. I'm planning. I'm planning Jill Stein. I like Jill. I like the way she stands up to things. Uh, she's only got two percent of the country. She's on the ballot in uh, probably about fifty percent of the states already. She's fighting to get on the rest. And uh, you know, you know I, I, this time. You're, you're not the only person I know that that supports her, and I, I'll be honest, I've never really looked into what she stands for. I do remember her in 2012, and I know there were some yep. things that I don't, I, I didn't really like or didn't agree with. I, but so, I met her, I met her and Ralph Nader together uh, at the Busboys and Poets in uh, Washington D.C. during the the third party debates where Gary Johnson was falling asleep. That guy, that guy needs to be punched between the eyes to wake him up. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, the other candidates. Uh, there were just some, uh, there were some tremendously uh, ridiculous candidates in that uh, that particular debate. But at the end of the day, Jill Stein walked away with it, a you know, thousand percent winner. And uh, I, you know, talking with her personally, and even talking with uh, Ralph Nader personally, you know, these are, you know, these are people who you know are far more educated and far less influenced by um, outsiders. So I, I like the fact that they are, you know, very reasonable and tremendously, um, you know, uh, informed and have a, a very fair perspective on things. And that's, that's, I always liked Ralph Nader. And I got to tell you, Jill Stein is about as close as you're going to get. But unfortunately, uh, you know, she actually, if you look it up, she was on, um, a guy's program on CNN. This is a guy that uh, showcased me as a conspiracy theorist on a show of <laughs> all things called Reliable Sources. Uh, it's uh, his name is Brian. Uh, I think it's Steltzer or Seltzer or something like that. Oh yeah, I know. And that. yeah, he's a he's a he's a little chosen boy uh, who's uh, basically on uh, CNN. Uh, but he actually did a good job interviewing her and pointing out the fact that third party candidates aren't given any kind of notoriety in this country. And it was, uh, it was, it was a, actually a very good interview. It was one of the best I'd seen him do. Yeah, and think, she did a fantastic I, job on that. I think he had Johnson and his running mate on, uh, not that I just watched a video. I think it was that same reliable sources, Seltzer dude. Uh, and, and yeah. he was, he was decent to them too. So, all right. So as for me, as somebody who doesn't know, um, much about Jill Stein, 
Uh, you know me. Sure. You know me personally. We've hung out. We've we've broke bread together. You know, we know sure. each other pretty well. I have to say. I mean, I probably know parts of you that most people don't know. Um, so, <laughs> convince me of why. Hey, I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought what happens in Clearwater stays in. Clearwater. I didn't say what it was. I just said there were some parts. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, exp- uh, try to convince me or, or tell me some things that you know about me that would make me want to vote for her. So one of the things that Jill Stein says and uh, and and has never wavered on that I like the most is she she wants to hold the um, the financial community accountable for what they've done to us. Uh, Very much like what um, Barack Obama said and never acted on very much like uh, Bernie Sanders talks about what but would probably never acted on as well. I believe that she would act upon it. Um, She would act upon it uh, because of her. She has very strong. I would say um, her, her, she's very principled in how she speaks and how she acts. Okay. Uh, the other thing that uh, she's, she's extremely critical of the tremendous military industrial complex. Now, somebody that would be elected that would be killed would be somebody like her because she is a true outsider. She is, uh, you know, if you wanted to vote for a true outsider that has, has no ties to the political corruption in this country, that would be Jill Stein. And then at the same time, you know, she also has her tremendous grassroots. I mean, 2% uh, uh, approval rating. And the only reason there's not more is because nobody's heard of her. You know, like you said, you know, it's not, it's not a very well-known name uh, unless you're, you know, politically active and, and, and searching and, you know, scraping the, uh, um, you know, scraping the bottom to look for something, you know, some kind of substance out there. So I would say that, that at the end of the day, you know, she has a very um, – rational uh political perspective and she's extremely fair and uh very well spoken uh and i find her you know to be extremely trustworthy which i I absolutely can't say anything about uh, the other candidates that we had to choose from you know up until this point so that that would be you know the the, you know short uh well how is she um, on how is she on like the things that that i really pay attention to which be the basic rights you know the 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 freedom of speech the right to bear arms uh, the right to secure your property in your home. I, I would say for, uh, from a freedom of speech and all the, uh, um, you know, sort of libertarian type uh, uh, things that we agree upon, I would say she's, uh, um, she's almost there. I would say probably the, the firearms, uh, um, the second amendment, uh, you know, that's a, that's kind of a, um, what I would say, a, uh, it's like abortion. It's one of those things where when it comes down, when push comes to shove, you know, and the uh, um, and it gets down to brass tacks. I I I believe you know something different than most uh, conservatives or libertarian. I I don't mind people having guns whatsoever. But if you're a nut job, you know you know you, you, and you're uh, or you're blind, you know you obviously can't get a driver's license. It's very difficult to get a driver's license as a blind person. Well, it, 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 if you need a license to drive a car, which is what I consider a deadly weapon or a very dangerous weapon. Uh, you should also have a license to, to, you know, have a gun. And at the same time, you know, guns should be like basketballs in school, too, to me, where, you know, there should be a gun range at every school, and, you know, they should have gun uh, armories at school and teach people how to use them from a young age if they want. You know, it's not a forced thing, but if, you know, you want to be a part of the basketball team, you can join. You want to be a part of the rifle team, join. And make that, you know, more of a normalcy and then, you know, you have a society that's, that's better educated about guns. Cause I don't think we have a very well educated society. And then when you got, you know, that, that weird guy in science class who everybody thinks is a bit crazy, 
Well, maybe the counselor at school might say, hey, you know what? I don't think this guy might be a candidate for a gun because he's the kind that might go shoot up a school. You know, so, you know, there there is that point at which somebody needs to evaluate somebody at some point in their life because he might be the guy that goes home every night and he's getting raped by his dad. Right. Well, you and know, you know what? And, those and issues were there in the past. That kind of issue that right. you just mentioned as an example. Uh, and, you know, I, we when I went to high school, we had a kid that was getting teased and this one dude made him mad and he, he put a bomb in his locker, you know, and, right, and it just burnt him. It didn't kill him. It, it burned him really bad. It was an issue. But these these issues have always been around. Uh, I think they've Agreed. gotten a lot worse now because of the pharmaceutical industry, in my personal opinion. Yes. Uh, I, I think I that's agree. a big factor in this. I mean, I, I'm watching this afternoon CNN was talking about the the, uh, the terror attacks in in um, uh, in Iraq today, and mm-hmm. and they're they're putting up all these ISIS uh, attacks that have happened in the past year and a half, two years, whatever it be, and and one of the ones that they actually had labeled on their map which I, I can't believe was even on there, was the Orlando one. There, there's right, been no right. direct con, uh, uh, connection. Even if he was inspired right. by ISIS, you can't put that as an ISIS attack, in my personal opinion. And, and most no, of the evidence isn't. shows that... that the, guy, it, the, it, guy was trained, the guy was trained by British security company, for God's sakes. It should be a British uh, attack, if you ask me. Right, and, and, and the guy yeah. was, was more than likely a, a closet gay that felt bad, and I said this the week it happened, my very first show, I said, you know what, this is going to turn out that this dude was gay, and he was trying to make his father happy and show his father that he was not a failure, and this is why he did it, and that's why he reached out. Or he, out. May, have been, he, may, have been, he may have been done wrong by some of the guys he dated. Well, you know, exactly. That's the other yeah, well, that's yeah. the other story, but either yeah. way, it all comes down to him being... Well, he probably did it because he was done wrong, but then reached out and claimed ISIS to make his father be proud of him because he couldn't. It couldn't right. come and, out that he how, did it. And how many how many times have you heard that recording and made sure that it was his voice that he called nine one one and said ISIS? Where did that news come from? And where's those? Where are those recordings? Oh, none of them because the we're not allowed to hear that. it. We're not allowed to hear it because they yeah, won't so, promote so we're, it. Yeah, so we're all we're all we're all in this you know this conversation about something that may have never happened. That somebody just threw in there to you know make and you know advocate their agenda, right? And as we've seen, uh, I don't know if you've seen the the thing going around about how they can make Trump say anything. Where the, the, this group is, has developed this program where they can um, physically take a video of somebody and and talk for them and make them say anything. And and we know that sure. there's reports of of that feasibly being what happened with uh, who was the Let It Roll dude um, from nine eleven. Um, um, Oh, the dude that called his mom and said his full name to his mom. Um, damn it. Anyway. I, I mean, the guy said, pull it? <laughs> no, 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 not that douchebag. Um, the the, the <laughs> guy that, uh, on the plane, on Flight 93, let's roll. Um, his name's not coming. I can't me. remember. Yeah, I can't remember that. I'm looking over here. Nobody's nobody's telling me in the chat room. Anyway, uh, that there's there's been reports that maybe that was a a animatronic a recreation of his voice making that phone yeah. call. Because who's going to call his mom? And, and I wish I could remember his name because he says his full name. He's like, "Hey, mom, mm-hmm. this is you know Joe Schmo." You know, right? Do you call your mom and say, "Hey, that's Scott Rickard, mom. How you doing?" <laughs> right, no doubt, no doubt, no. Yeah, oh, Todd Beamer. Thank you, Greg. You just, all you got to do, all you got to, 
All you got to do is just say, Mom. That's all you say. Yeah. Hey, Mom, mom how you doing? You. Yeah, it's Sean. Even then, you know, hey, Mom, it's Sean. I might say that to my yeah. mom, maybe, but, you know, not necessarily. Anyway, the point is, is that this could be uh, a created, and it could have been just anybody calling in with a voice simulator of his voice, which is a feasible, um, very well-known technology that is out there and available to us. Sure. No, right. I'm completely agreeing with that. So we got on Trump uh, real fast because I uh, I skipped right over it because I was playing it when I was connecting with you and I wasn't really sure uh, if I was connected with you. What's your thoughts on this BS with Clinton and 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 the meeting with Lynch and and Bill the other day and then all of a sudden she meets with the FBI and oh you know she might have she didn't intend she broke some laws but she didn't do it intentionally. Right. I mean, so here we you know uh, wait plausible deniability. You know, this is a uh, well I didn't mean to. You know, and and that's the um, there is no plausible deniability to this. We're talking about, you know, some of the inquiries that were done at the congressional and senatorial level were just tremendously. Uh, I uh, just uh, she's absolutely uh, involved in criminal offenses that if you or I had security clearance and had, uh, had actually committed these crimes, you know, we would obviously have a lost our job. And B uh, had very expensive lawyers to keep us out of prison. General Prate- we General, General Petra- Petraeus did less than what she has done, and look where right. he is. He at. lost his job. He lost his job. But now, don't get me wrong. He's also a professor at uh, at uh, um, you know uh, City University in New York. He is so. It might have been the way to still, get him out. He's also still a member. He's on. He's a KBR. He's still a board member. So he, he didn't lose much. Yeah, it might um, just been a way to get him out quietly and, and under the rug, possibly. Right. And he was, you know, he was a right wing guy in a left wing administration. So and the guy that fired him uh, is, uh, you know, uh, more left than right. Uh, James Clapper, who he worked for, uh, was the guy that fired. him. So I would say, you know, it, it, the comparison is a good one. But, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's not, you know, you know, I don't believe Petraeus got what he deserved either. You know, this is a guy who, you know, obviously belongs in. Uh, tribunals for um, any type of uh, war crimes that he was involved in throughout his career. Well, yeah, there's well definitely more he, you should go down for than just that. I'll say I'll agree with that right. one completely. So, 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 so back think, to Hillary you know, then. I think the FBI, the FBI has done what it traditionally does, and it has ties into the government because there's people in the FBI that uh, do not hold government officials accountable uh, and do not hold military officials accountable because it's not there to uh, police the government it's there to police the people uh it's not it's it's the this is this is a police state that uh, um those those organizations are not there to uh, hold justice you know the justice department as it was designed uh against the legislative and executive branches has not functioned for quite some time you know we were looking at uh, you know look at the um uh the the work that was created you know with the FBI under uh Edgar Hoover. You know, this is not an organization that was designed to fix the government. It was designed to spy on the people. So um, let's 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 be clear here: that the FBI is never going to hold government officials uh, um, a, accountable, but they will hold uh, government employees accountable, uh, people that are, that are underlings. So that's that's the point that I, I very clear here message. Once again, the FBI does not do its job against government officials. It only does its jobs against the people. 
Yeah, I can't uh, argue that fact really at all. And it's funny because I, I forget what I was reading about. I was reading some article and it was talking about the FBI investigating it. And it was like in like Bangladesh or something. It had nothing to do with America. It was like a terror attack or something along those lines. I'm going, why is the FBI there? That's It's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They're supposed to be here in the country. They're supposed to be investigating what's going on in the country. As you said, the, right. the initial was mainly for... Uh, making sure officials stayed in line, but they never did that job. I mean, that's really right. the the whole point of it, isn't it? Yeah, no, no doubt of it. I totally agree. I mean, I, there's no 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 difference in my thought about that. So, in the last uh, ten fifteen minutes here, I don't know. I think you got something to be at later on, so I don't want to hold you up past oh, you, past seven. Uh, are you got an appearance tonight, or you just got some plans? Anything you want to promote? I just got some plans. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got a. Uh, dinner uh, cooking here and just going to relax and have a nice evening there you go all right i just want to make sure you didn't have any plan you know, like you didn't have something to promote that you're going to be on um oh i wish no I, i'm 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 uh I've, I've been lucky and i've been been uh, talking to some good friends of mine that uh hopefully there's something we can do here in the near future i finally got some folks interested in uh you know putting together a, a media company and they have the right people. I met with them in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I saw you're having a good and, time uh, up there in New York. Though. What was that like two weeks ago? Maybe three? Yeah, two three weeks ago. It was really nice. Yeah, I had out with some uh, some real nice people. I was actually supposed to meet with uh, uh, Megan Kelly and her husband, but uh, that Orlando shooting was going on, so she had to fly down here. And uh, they were they were out at the beach for the weekend, and one of their daughters came down with a pretty sick. Uh, um, uh, I guess uh, cold, and and I didn't want to get caught up in the in, in the uh, in the sickness zone on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not down with the sickness. Yeah, and no, I'm trying to dodge the uh, the uh, green algae or whatever the hell green whatever's going on over on my coast on this side of Florida. Uh, but Uh-oh. in the last couple of minutes, yeah, I don't know. It's some flesh eating thing allegedly here. Uh, I, I, I'm actually going to get in the ocean for God's sake. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get into that in my second hour because I read an article where a lot of people up in the Mississippi, Louisiana region believe that this virus is growing so rapidly because of the oil spill and the cortex that was used. So, but we'll it's I'll get fun. into that later. I don't want to. I don't want to spill all my load right now. What I want to ask you yeah. about, though, Scott, is, is this this cat and mouse game that we're watching going on with Russia, China, and the U.S. in the Baltic and and that whole region there, where we're invading their area. We're we're in their space. It'd be like if they were floating around the Gulf of Mexico. We'd we, we'd be kind of pissed about that. But we we're right. seeing now that Russia is accusing U.S. of of uh, uh, unprofessional or uh, maneuvers close to their boats with their boats, and we've got other boats over here and planes and this. and th- what Do you have any theory or any any idea of why they're playing this game or what your speculation is? Yeah, so this has been going on, uh, you know, since the Cold War, uh, obviously, with, uh, with Russia. This is a, a strategy uh, that has been allied uh, with, the United States and their Swedish and, and British allies. It's been over 500 years. You know, it, it, the, the history of, of England and of Sweden being allies and, and adversarial to the Russian Empire has, has gone uh, on, you know, and on, and we've adopted that particular foreign policy. Now, when it comes to China, uh, China's policies, uh, obviously, uh, were not aligned uh, with either Russia or the United States uh, when they became our arch enemy uh, in uh, Korea, 
and as well as our arch enemy uh, when we were in uh, Vietnam. So this mentality of uh, anti-Russian and anti-Chinese rhetoric uh, has been going on, and the people pulling the strings, you know, were very similar to the people pulling the strings then. You know, you have the Brzezinski's of the world, you have the Kissinger's of the world, you have, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Rumsfeld and Cheney worked for Lyndon Johnson, for God's sakes, in the 60s. And, uh, you know, these are people who have carried the Washington, D.C. Uh, um, 1950s uh, rhetoric that came out of, uh, you know, the, uh, the whole, um, you know, creation of the CIA and the whole creation of the intelligence community and these think tanks that are driving foreign policy. So when you get politicians that come in, you know, they really don't have as much pull uh, as the think tanks and the, uh, the individuals that, you know, know where, you know, all the bodies are buried and all, where all the levers are to pull. So all these organizations that are out there that, that don't come and go and that, the, uh, you know, are, you know, part of the, uh, I guess, the lever pullers, you know, the wizards uh, behind the curtain. Right. These are the people, these are the people that are really running the country. So when you uh, when you look at the policies that are in place and the influencers, you know, these influencers are going to be uh, military industrial complex, intelligence guys, uh, obviously uh, foreign uh, in- entities like Saudi Arabia, uh, Israeli uh, Zionist uh, type of influences. So you have a lot of foreign influences that are you know this is clear violation of what uh, you know Article One, Section Ten says where you're not supposed to get entangled with these foreign entities and, you know, things like NATO and these, uh, um, these foreign, uh, sort of treaties, uh, that we've allied ourselves with TPP, not only in the, yeah, not, not, not even in the military side, but in the financial side or in the, in the, in the commercial side, just like the TPP and other, but these, these particular relationships that we've, that we've become entangled with have, you know, created, you know, a, an or, organizations around them. They're basically subverting our sovereignty and, you know, stealing our, uh, um, you know, our rights as Americans. And as Americans, you know, we've, you know, unfortunately, uh, I'd say, uh, just become over, overly misled, you know, over the last hundred, 150 years of, uh, of, of propagandized or influenced educations that uh, we, we believe that we, you know, are free. We believe that we are, you know, doing, you know, the greater good and we do more good than bad. You know, that's kind of the, the mentality that's been given to us. When in fact, you know, we are the head of the spear when it comes to, uh, you know, violating, you know, international law and uh, creating tremendous amounts of warfare, tremendous amounts of loss. Uh, just tremendous amounts of occupation. I think and we can suffering. agree that's on purpose, though, wouldn't it be? I mean, we we've been built up to be the the world power in order to do where we're at now. At least that's the way I see the whole scheme put together. Well, um, we've been uh, we've been given the uh, um, uh, the the wherewithal to do it. I mean, look at the how liberal the banking system is with the American debt. Uh, whereby, you know, there's been no austerity. There's been, you know, we're the biggest debtor nation per capita, uh, in, in the, in the history of the world. And, uh, there's been absolutely zero austerity. And there's tremendous amounts of, uh, loans coming in every year. We'll, we'll probably write another check right after the election for, you know, the 700 to $800 billion range to save the government again. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so. Well, then we just do that for Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, there was another uh, um, debt uh, uh, write-off for Puerto Rico recently. I can't remember the actual amounts, but I do remember reading about it. Yeah, that was but just like the, a week at, or two. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, these are these are relationships that are about 250 years old. The banking relationships, and then the military relationships are, you know, obviously uh, when the Americans allied themselves in the 1850s with the British against the Russians. So that's where we're at, you know, and that hasn't changed much. You know, we're talking about 150 years of of allyship whereby, you know, the the Americans and the Brits, uh, you know, have not really, you know, wavered on their international foreign policy. And and that, you know, that's not what we're taught. We're taught something different. We're taught that we're sovereign. We're taught that we're independent. And uh, we're not. We're we're absolutely allied with the people that we're supposed to have, uh, you know, separated ourselves from. And we're educated through uh, tremendous amounts of propaganda. You know, I've said it many times, Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, that's tremendously misleading uh, hi- uh, uh, perspective on history. And, uh, and then obviously, you know, professors are actually placed in colleges in order to indoctrinate them. You know, look at the work that the Trilateral Commission did post the uh, um, protests of the war in Vietnam. And they actually went into the universities to manipulate American universities to make them less civics oriented and more service oriented. Oh, our, so our education a, system starting in the in the kindergarten years is so messed up all the way up and through uh, what they're yeah. trying to do, what they're trying to remove, what they're trying not to talk about. So when we're when we're talking about Russia, China, the U.S., the, that whole regional um, BS going on. Do you see it ever becoming a, like an active World War Three, or is it always going to be these stupid proxy wars that we're fighting in Syria per se? Well, I mean, obviously, there's a proxy war in Ukraine. There's a proxy war in Syria. Uh, there's a proxy war in Yemen. You know, there's there's proxy wars have been going on, unfortunately, since World War Two. Uh, so, uh, if you're going to say Will we continue to see proxy wars? The answer is absolutely yes. I mean, I, that's that's. Uh, will we see an onslaught against the uh, Russian Empire? Uh, you know, whereby NATO goes against the Russian Empire? Well, I hope not. Not in our lifetime. If we do, you know, you'll see once again where tens of millions of people will lose their lives in a very short period of time, and that will obviously change the world if we know it. Um, and and I would believe that the victors that would come out of that would be the. Um, Unfortunately, the United States and uh, um, and their allies, because we way outnumber the uh, the tremendous firepower um, that the U.S. has, way outnumbers any adversarial um, uh, type of, uh, of of competitor in the, in the world market. And it's and it's because of that that the U.S. continues to wield its, uh, um, I guess, uh, um, un um, unsavory and and. Uh, in, in, in criminal sword around the world. I mean, and they do it with in in in, in cahoots with and in conjunction with the uh, the British Empire, the French Empire, the Swedish Empire, the Dutch Empire. You know, all the Allied NATO countries are um, obviously working in tandem on the financial, military, and commercial side. Well, Scott, the only my only question to that, or my only. Th- caveat to that would be that we all know that every empire fails no empire lasts forever the american empire is the longest running empire that has been so successful as we've seen 
Could it be? Well, British Empire, British Empire has been there with us alongside us. Uh, and don't count them out because they're, uh, they're smaller. But, uh, but they're certainly uh, uh, very well versed in international, um, uh, I guess, uh, control. They've taken over countries like India, the United States, you know. Americans, you know, we did have our uh, success, you know, murdering uh, native uh, North Americans or, or native uh, people that lived on this continent. However, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, countries around the world that have been sort of conquered, um, you know, it's very, it's, it, you know, obviously there's Puerto Rico and Guam and Hawaii. You know, Hawaii was absolutely illegally taken. But outside of that, the kinds of expansionism uh, that was done by the British Empire was done more on a physical layer, and then people seceded. But uh, the Americans are doing it more upon, I would, I would say, a commercial and military level, whereby the resources are what we go after versus the, uh, um, the actual societies. And the societies become enslaved to our, uh, our, our financial and our, uh, um, and our commercial infrastructure. And when they, anybody questions it, we arm you know, the, uh, the people that are supporting us in that nation to uh, um, to protect our assets, so it's a different type of warfare because of the way that warfare has changed, and we can and we can actually produce so much weaponry that we we can proxy out, like you said, we proxy out our wars to the locals and give them the weapons in order to do what they want. And when they become overrun, we just hire mercenary group after mercenary group after mercenary group, and just till it's relentless destruction. The rich shit dicks. That's kind of who's running the whole world right now. I, I think that's what yeah. it comes down to: is that we need to get the elite out of the out of the way, and and I just don't know how we do it. I I don't know how we get to that point eventually. You know how how do we get everybody? I, to The only way to it? do it, the only way to do it, is to do what Ron Paul and even Bernie Sanders are capable of doing. You got to fill stadiums, fill them at the colleges, talk to the kids, get the kids off there on CNN and the F, uh, the the FBI channel, I said, the Fox News channel, <laughs> the, uh, um, uh, the, uh, um, the MSNBC channel, and get them looking somewhere else and then build, a, you know, a, uh, a legitimate rational network of individuals who are, you know, sending out messages where people go, wait a second. And then when we all like stand up and we say, okay, on this date, you know, everybody stopped paying their credit card bills. Everybody stopped paying their mortgages. Everybody stopped doing this. We're shutting the banks down. And we're going after, uh, and, we're, and we're and we're putting these people in power, and doing what Iceland did, or doing what uh, um, these countries have done, where they, you know, had their held their government officials accountable and their banking officials accountable, and put them in prison. And uh, you know that would be you know, a movement that would take you know a tremendous amount of uh, you know education. Because Mark Dice is actually on point. You can go anywhere in this country and find a myriad of people that just don't know you know, uh, anything about the U.S. government, about the history, you know, that's a sad state of affairs when you have, you know, uh, an entire nation that's, um, you know, got a, uh, just a perspective that's uh, so, so skewed based upon not only ignorance, but uh, this false education. You know, there's been so much uh, indoctrination and done, not just in the U.S. either. It was, uh, it's all uh, over. Uh, yeah. International. It's it's all over, and it's a sad thing to see. I mean, I've got a young child going through school now, and it's 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 a lot of work to try to um, keep him on track. I mean, he knows how I think, and and that's part of it is is good, intelligent parents that aren't afraid to go against what 
what's being told and what's being taught and, and, and standing up and, and making that difference. Uh, Scott, uh, any appearances you're going to be doing anytime soon? Where can people find anything you might I'll be, be doing? At, I'll be at the Raz Fest as soon as it's scheduled. <laughs> Uh, you don't have any Russia Today or, or uh, Press TV uh, appearances coming up soon or nothing like that? They, they don't really give a lot of notice on those things. They're, uh, um, they're pretty much within like a 24 to 48-hour notice, and uh, they don't have uh, – and I've done, I've done some pretty decent ones recently. Um, I, I actually debated a, uh, a journalist out of New York, uh, a Dover. Uh, I can't remember her first name right now, Maxine Dover. And it's you know it's a, it's such a small audience because you know it gets no playtime you know, on American uh, um, idiot box. Uh, yeah, it relies on a lot of YouTube for for the getting yeah. those out. Yeah, it relies on YouTube and it relies on uh, Facebook, uh, relies on Twitter. You know, so the channel is, uh, but the the goal is to uh, you know obviously get on the idiot box and uh, you know bring the Sean Razzes to the forefront of this world so we can. You know, start having you know some you know real dialogue rather than uh, Springer uh, entertainment. <laughs> hey, you know what? The nice thing is, I've actually got a face for TV. So let's do it, man. I'm ready. Let's go. Rock You're and a roll. beautiful man. <laughs> You're a beautiful man. All right, Scott. I really appreciate oh, actually, your time. Actually, just to let you know, I will be I will be on uh, the Rich Allen show. Richie Allen. I don't know if you know him. He's out of England, uh, so it'll be interesting. He wants to talk about the uh, the Clinton um, scandal and how and and the uh, you know those, those the new the new set of papers that have come out you know about the Iraq War. So oh yeah, I, I might I'll have to uh, find that and see if I can check it. You don't know where to find it at or Just Richie Allen shows. Just, just Richie Allen. He's real big in England, uh, and I've, he's he's reached out to me a few times. I've been lucky enough to be on his show as well. So, Excellent. Yeah, you know, thanks. All I say is thanks for thinking of me because you guys you guys do a great job at reaching out and finding good people on your programs. And I wish I wish there was a way we could uh, we. We can go mainstream with all the things that uh, you know, we were able to uh, to discuss. And Maybe one day we can do that, my friend. Maybe one day we can. That's that's the dream, buddy. <laughs> Gotta have the dream. Oh, if you don't have a dream, you're not living life. There you go. All right, brother. I appreciate again your time. We'll talk to you soon. Stay in touch. Thank you, bro. All Thank right, you, bro. Scott. Peace out, my friend. There goes Scott Rickard. I love that guy. He's so much fun. I enjoy doing ch- segments and shows with him because it just goes so well. It's just, it's so pleasant. It's so nice. He's got so much information to share. All right, guys, the first 52 will be back with you in a couple minutes. Have you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this? That never happens when you dial 941-421-0401. At RazRadioLive.com, we answer right away. And pow! You're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts. No screeners, no delays. Try it now. 941-421-0401 and avoid 941-421-0401. If you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran, don't be scared. 941-421-0401. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com
hatred We all share the same reflection The same father though The stress is so unstoppable It seems like a rainy day With no one else to snuggle up to But in the end We like to split the get through the day We on the news constantly Killing each other Mothers and brothers Then we blame it on the man Say you gotta do it all for the struggles I'm asking the G for a better day To fill the world with peace No pain for days Shout out to all the lights Still shining cause the weight of the world can pull the wool over your eyes. Let's ride. What's your name again? John Ryan. Four Toad and Lexi. Did I mentioned Four Toad? Sure. Oh, Four no. Dave. Dave. <laughs> hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz, Four Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy Forto. Hey, this is Steve from the Chocolate Drop, and if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. Oh, uh, oh, God. Damn. See how Steve gets down, right? Steve's wicked. You <laughs> say you wicked, Steve? I slap you again. I don't, there ain't no cameras in here. Um, I, like I don't know what her problem was, why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain, <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> um, I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> insane. It was 
absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, RazRadioLive.com, and Salty Talk Radio. We talk about weed. To the voting machines. Now they censor this on YouTube, labeled it extreme. Bernanke and his lackeys, printing bony green. Hit us with inflation, annihilate the nation. No investigation of the Bush administration. Obama runs on change, Brzezinski's in his ear. The only thing that changes is the puppet in the year. They open up the borders, truth is on our shoulders. Focus on the pain, this is the new world order. Order, order, order. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's There is an awakening so huge it is exponential and breaking the paradigm and breaking the control. Tiny box. Re- 
consciousness shift and information analysis, and it is beautiful. And so out of this adversity, it's going to get bad. We're going to be tested. Realize that this is evil trying to maintain control. And I couldn't find any place to put my stuff. And I don't know how you are, but I need a place to put my stuff. So that's what I've been doing back there, just trying to find a place for my stuff. You know how important that is. That's the whole, that's the whole meaning of life, isn't it? Trying to find a place for your stuff. That's all your house is. Your house is just a place for your stuff. If you didn't have so much goddamn stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You could just walk around all the time. That's all your house is. It's a pile of stuff with a cover on it. You see that when you take off in an airplane and you look down and you see everybody's got a little pile of stuff. Everybody's got their own pile of stuff. And when you leave your stuff, you've got to lock it up. Wouldn't want somebody to come by and take some of your stuff. They always take the good stuff. They don't bother with that crap you're saving. Ain't nobody interested in your fourth grade arithmetic papers. They're looking for the good stuff. That's all your house is. It's a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. <laughs> now, sometimes, sometimes you've got to move. You've got to get a bigger house. Why? Too much stuff. <laughs> you've got to move all your stuff. And maybe put some of your stuff in storage. Now imagine that. There's a whole industry based on keeping an eye on your stuff. <laughs> Enough about your stuff. Let's talk about other people's stuff. Did you ever notice when you go to somebody else's house, you never quite feel 100% at home? You know why? No room for your stuff. Somebody else's stuff is all over the place. And what awful stuff it is. Where did they get this stuff? And if you have to stay overnight at someone's house, you know, unexpectedly, and they give you a little room to sleep in that they don't use that often. Someone died in it 11 years ago. And they haven't moved any of his stuff. Or wherever they give you to sleep, usually right near the bed there's a dresser and there's never any room on the dresser for your stuff. Someone else's shit is on the dresser. Have you noticed that their stuff is shit and your shit is stuff? Now, sometimes you go on vacation you got to bring some of your stuff with you. You can't bring all your stuff. Just the stuff you really like. The stuff that fits you well that month. Let's say you're going to go to Honolulu. You're going to go all the way to Honolulu. You've got to take two big bags of stuff. Plus your carry-on stuff. Plus the stuff in your pockets. You get all the way to Honolulu and you get in your hotel room and you start to put away your stuff. That's the first thing you do in a hotel room is put away your stuff. I'll put some stuff in here, put some stuff down there. Here's another place for some stuff here. I'll put some stuff over there. You put your stuff over there. I'm putting my stuff over here. Here's another place for some stuff. Hey, we got more places than we've got stuff. We're going to have to buy more stuff. And you put all your stuff away and you know that you're thousands of miles from home and you don't quite feel at ease, but you know that you must be okay because you do have some of your stuff with you. And you relax in Honolulu on that basis. That's when your friend from Maui calls and says, Hey, why don't you come over to Maui for the weekend? Spend a couple of nights over here. Oh, shit, no. Now what stuff do you bring? 
Right, you've got to bring an even smaller version of your stuff. Just enough stuff for a weekend on Maui. And you get over, and you're really spread out now. You've got shit all over the world. You've got stuff at home, stuff in storage, stuff in Honolulu, stuff in Maui, stuff in your pockets. Supply lines are getting longer and harder to maintain. But you get over to your friend's house in Maui and they give you a little place to sleep and there's a little window ledge or some kind of a small shelf and there's not much room on it, but it's okay because you don't have much stuff now. And you put what stuff you do have up there, you put your imported French toenail clippers, your odor eaters with the 45-day guarantee, your cinnamon-flavored dental floss, and your Afrin 12-hour decongestant nasal spray. And even though you're a long way from home, you know that you must be okay because you do have your Afrin 12-hour decongestant nasal spray. And you relax in Maui on that basis. That's when your friend says, Hey, I think tonight we'll go over the other side of the island and stay at my friend's house overnight. Oh, shit, no. No, what do you bring? Now you just bring the things you know you're going to need. Money, keys, comb, wallet, lighter, hanky pen, cigarettes, contraceptives, Vaseline, whips, chains, whistles, dildos, and a book. I would have been out here a little bit sooner, but they gave me uh, the wrong dressing room, and I couldn't find any place. This is Jordan Page. You're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio. All right, guys, welcome back to First 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos. <sighs> God, that was a long hour. You know, when I, when I get Scott on and I go for that full straight hour, I need to take a little bit of a break there to, to get my brain together. It, it, it needs to, to, to rewind a little bit. I need to let it all go and get ready for the next set of stuff. Although, I'm unfor- it's probably going to be unfortunate because I don't think I'm going to get in anything different because while I was on break, I get a phone call from my favorite truck driver. Buzzy, how you doing, brother? Hey, we're doing good. Yeah, so what'd I you think? What would you think of that interview with Scott? Well, I kind of liked it this time. I'm, I actually agreed with a lot of what, what, what he said. Now imagine that. You could actually agree with somebody you don't agree with sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> so what's up? What's on well, your head? That. Well, I just thought I'd call up a couple of things. Uh, first of all, they uh, come, uh, oh, how do I want to say this? Pay up on your debt we made on our bet. What, what bet was that? Oh, Hillary wouldn't get indicted. No, no. Uh, you said George, uh, not George, but, uh, Bush. Right. Fucking, I, I, I want brain dead. What's his name? Oh, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush, right, right, right. And Hillary would be the next. Did, be the, did the election happen yet? Oh, it hasn't happened yet, okay. but Ted Bush is not going to be elected. We have not got to that point yet, so I can't pay up on a debt oh, until yeah. I've actually lost it. I haven't you know, lost this well yet. as well as I do, Trump is going to be the nominee. For the simple fact that all the so-called uh, uh, heads of uh, the Republican Party mm-hmm. are falling in line and get behind him, so to speak. Reluctantly, but they are getting behind him. Well, don't mention the fact that he, he may be choosing one of them as uh, as his uh, VP running mate. And Scott didn't seem to think that there was uh, a chance of uh, anything happening to him. 
But again, if he is truly what he says, which Scott doesn't think he is, uh, if he is truly what he says and claims to be, then then he's setting himself up. And I didn't really get into this with Scott, but he's setting himself up for a Kennedy situation where the man they want in power is right underneath him. So if he doesn't do what they want, they can just eliminate him. And, well, if Scott is if, if Scott is right about Giuliani, Giuliani is not going to take Trump out. Giuliani was was part of nine eleven. Giuliani was was taken away and, and warned of of that. You no. have to keep that in mind. If any if anything, Giuliani will be Secretary of State. Christie will be uh, Attorney General, and I'm predicting it will be. Uh, Oh, shit, I just had a brain part. Uh, Gingrich? Gingrich as vice president. Yeah, which, you know what? If, and this is what I was saying to Scott earlier, if Donald would have picked somebody uh, that was more of a liberal, libertarian-leaning way instead of a, a staunch Republican, a, a, a rhino, um, then then maybe, maybe I would have said, you know what, maybe I should support this guy. Maybe I should back him. But he's going to the to the main globalist as... And every single douchebag you could think of as part of his cabinet. So, to me, that 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 doesn't encourage me to even think about him now. Maybe he could have convinced me if he would have had somebody, anybody in his in his cabinet and in, in his in his uh, positions that he'll be appointing as somebody who I might agree with a little bit. I might have thought about it, but now there's no chance in hell I'll ever think about it, especially if Gingrich. Who who who, who do you think he should have picked? I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say who I think he should have picked. What I will say is, if I would have saw a Rand Paul, if I would have saw um, anybody who, you know, what a, a West, a Colonel West, if I would have seen, so you know, he's he again, he is he's uh, he's kind of a rhino. You know who I'm talking about when I say Colonel West, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Even him, he speaks out at least in some direction of positive. Now, listen, I'm not saying any of these people would have made a difference in what I did. I'm just saying that he he's actually picking all of the worst people to put in those spots, isn't, in my opinion. Isn't, uh, I, may, I may be wrong. Isn't uh, that Colonel West uh, supposedly on, on a short list? Colonel West, is, you know what, he's said some things that I appreciate, and, and his name popped to my mind because there have been a few things that he's come out and said. Oh, no, and, and, I'm talking about being on Trump's short list for VP. Oh, I don't know. Is he? I, I, I actually I pulled it up. Hold on. There was a Colonel somebody today they come out and said was on his short list. I've got the, the Hill article sitting in front of me, which I pulled up when Scott was on. It says eight possible VP options for Trump. Uh, we got Chris Christie, uh, former Speaker Gingrich, uh, Jeff Sessions. Oh, Jesus, really? Bob Cocker, Cocker. I don't know much about him. Senate. Uh, he was part of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, Governor Mike Penance, Penance, Penance is a rock-solid conservative who could fire up the delegates. He was once in the GOP leadership in Congress, and he understands how Washington works. Uh, reset on me. Uh, what do we got? Johnny, Joni Ernest of Iowa. Iowa, that's yes, it. fucker. Yeah, okay, see? She, uh, she just got elected as senator this last term. 2014, yeah. First term. Yeah, and... No, fuck her. She, she, no. I uh, liked her, but no. Senator, fuck her, turncoat. Senator Tom Cotton and Governor Mary Fallon. That's the eight on this list here that they're putting out. So I don't see West I, on there. I, I, I thought I heard 
there was some colonel, or uh, I might be wrong, or some ex-general. I forget which one, but. Yeah, who knows? You got. You, I they thought, were supposed to kind of lean and liberal in a way, but not. I'll tell you what. If Gingrich is there, I'm way, 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 off, way far away from well, Trump. Yeah, well, just only hate me. But if I had my choice out of the, what he you just read off, I'd have to go with Gingrich. For he is a constitutionalist. Uh, what do you consider a constitutionalist? He goes by the Constitution, supposedly. Ah, okay. Uh, well, supposedly. Like I said, uh, Supposedly. George Bush, George Bush, George Bush was a constitutionalist. Supposedly, also, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Barack yeah, yeah. Obama is a constitutional scholar. He's a constitutional oh, lawyer. Yeah. I mean, really, do you support yeah. George uh, 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 Barack Obama? Yeah, one more term. We need one more term. <laughs> you might get it. You never know. He might still, you know, Fish still thinks that that he's going to call uh, martial law <laughs> yeah. and then there will be yeah. no election. And not this time, he won't. But. They've been saying that about every president for ever since what Reagan. Yeah, you you hear that every few years. Uh, this is a this is one of the ones that would actually make you think. Where the hell did this go? I wanted to play something for you. Where did I put it? I know I opened it. I'm going through my tabs here trying to find the. There was a a, a political ad put out by Gary Johnson that I opened. Well, I thought Hillary wasn't going to be indicted. I know that I was open, but I know she would. What? Be indicted. Oh, it's a sad thing that she didn't get indicted, and that that really, at the very least, send it to a send it to a uh, to 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 a a, a grand jury and let them decide. We got we got an add on. We got an add on here, Buzzy. Sit tight, Kevin. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I've been warning Buzzy about fucking Gingrich for about a year. God damn it, Buzzy. That's some of it. Dirty is dirty. Just, dirty is dirty. He just told yeah. me last week. He just told me last <laughs> week. Well, <laughs> it, it feels like a year to me, buddy. Well, you, a year, a, a conversation with me is about a year. Yeah, that that I can back up and and definitely agree with that. A conversation with Buzzy is like a year. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he was he he was he's part of the project for New American Century, or whatever. I mean, Google that kind of crap with her, and they're they're the same fucking bunch of assholes, think tank crap shit that you know uh, Rice and Rumsfeld and and all them other dickheads pre nine eleven were all involved in. They're that same fucking kind of group of people. And, and don't forget that that Jeb Bush also signed that document, also. You know, so I mean, yes, he did. <laughs> we, we can't really rule him out of that situation either. No, that whole the whole Bush family, man. As far as I'm concerned, they're fucking rotten and evil to the core. One world order. Yep, all the way back to Grand Tappy. Well, I got to even be on that. All right, he's gone. All right, I want you to, uh, Buzzy and Kevin, since you're here, I want you guys to listen. I haven't really listened to this yet. I shared it, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it. So let's hear the Libertarian Political Party advertisement, all right? Sit tight, guys. I'm Governor Gary Johnson. I'm Governor Bill Weldon. I'm running for president. I'm running with him. As the governor of New Mexico, I vetoed wasteful spending 750 times, cut taxes 14 times, and left the state with new highways, bridges, schools, hospitals, and a billion-dollar surplus without raising taxes a penny. As governor of Massachusetts, I cut taxes 21 times and took unemployment from the highest rate among the 11 industrialized states to the lowest. And he did that in his first term. It was easy. 
As a Republican, I was re-elected by my Democrat state in a landslide. Ditto. I support marriage equality. I support a woman's right to choose. I want term limits. Internet freedom is a must. Intelligent immigration reform. Small, efficient government that treats the American people like family instead of livestock. I believe in personal freedom. I want government out of your pocketbook and out of your bedroom. It's time to end the wars and use those dollars here at home. The difference between the two of us and the other candidates running for president is that we've been there. And done that. We both balance budgets. We've both battled corruption and won. Give us one term, America, and if after four years you decide you don't like peace, prosperity, and freedom, you can always vote a Trump or a Hillary back into office again. What say, America? You in? Come on. I got to say, the visuals are very good in this. They, get, they make some good faces and stuff. So, so, Buzzy, what do you think of what they had to say? I think he's saying the same thing every other candidate is saying. They're just telling the people what they want to hear. So, so you're just... I don't, you I don't trust... I don't trust... Don't get me wrong. I do not trust Trump. I believe him 100%. Then how can you vote for... Wait how, wait, how can you vote for somebody you don't trust? Who says that I'm voting for Trump? Okay. Well, all right. I'll take that answer and, and walk with it. You seem to stand up for I'm him a lot. For. I do not trust politicians. Trump is now a politician. I do not trust him. I may walk in. I don't know till the time I walk in to vote, if my vote even actually counts. I may vote for myself. Oh, you can vote for me. That would be nicer. But anyway, so, Kevin, what do you think? I, I mean... I've always been a Ron Paul guy. You know, I always thought Ron Paul was our best chance at saving this nation. You know, the dude, I mean, his son, he just lacks a lot. You know, he, he I mean, he's, he's kind of there, but he ain't. He's still in bed with the, the you know, the crony capitalists and politics and whatnot. I mean, he's, he's playing the game, but he's not steadfast like his father was. And as far as Johnson... I was kind of on his bandwagon until he picked his VP. Well, well, no, that threw me right out, right out. Yeah, I didn't like. I watched the uh, town hall they did on CNN or something a few like two weeks ago. Election, I sat and watched it on YouTube, and I wasn't really uh, very keen on on his his VP running mate. He kind of seems kind of like a douchebag. Mm, well, yeah, and he's also stuck in there with all the other assholes. You know, I mean, they sit there and, and like Buzzy's right. You know, they sit there. Everybody preaches this bullshit. And, you know, look at Obama. He ran on promising to close Vietnam. He ran on promising to end the wars. He ran on promising to go after the big banks, and ain't none of that shit happened. And what did he do? He fucking upped all of our goddamn insurance premiums and made people that had insurance not have insurance or can't afford insurance anymore and i don't have insurance that, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have insurance i have no intention of getting it through that system i'll wait until they figure that all out i'm gonna need it eventually i'm getting old let's be honest but uh, you oh, know yeah. to, uh, hillary's uh, little speech today or in obama no i no i didn't watch that i was I was totally blown away that the fact that they weren't going to at least allow it to go to a grand jury it just Oh, I, I knew she wouldn't be. You know, a blackmail is the fucking thing in D.C. 
That and that damn family has got shit on everybody. Well, of course they, they are. are the they are the G, J Edgar Hoover's of the fucking. 21st That's what I was century. going to say. That you stole my thunder. That's what I was going to say. Now, I mean, I dealt with fucking guys that did the Iran Contra bullshit back in the fucking eighties and shit, and I know all about Nina. And they they've caught uh, Bill and his brother. Fucking doing lines of cocaine off of briefcases in a fucking hangar bang in Nina as they're fucking putting cocaine on the one fucking truck and putting guns back in that plane to go back to fucking uh, Columbia. And those of you who don't know what Nina is, I do a doc day every once in a while. It's one of my favorite ones to play. It's the story of the train deaths, and it's a story about these two young boys yeah. that were found dead on a train tracks, and they accused them of doing a suicide pact. They smoked pot lane on the tracks. It turns out, or at least the... The hypothesis is that these boys witnessed an airdrop, and uh, that's why they ended up dead on the train tracks that day. It's a great documentary, and it really points to uh, Clinton's involvement as governor with the drug trafficking related to um, the uh, Iran, Iran Contra hearings and, and affair. Well, I mean, look at uh, Nichols. He's still fucking alive, and why he's alive is beyond fucking me. I mean, all the shit he's got on the Clintons, he should have been buried along with the the White House chef and uh, Foster and all the rest of these. Well, guys, maybe he's know? really maybe he's really Hillary's boyfriend, you know, and that's why he's still alive. I mean, he was the oh, Nichols no, was no, the pilot, no, wasn't he? No, 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 no. no, no. Nichols Nichols was uh, uh, Bill's uh, guy in finance when they, he was doing uh, real estate deals and shit, and he was involved up to his neck. Kind of, sort of, in the uh, whitewater shit. I thought all right, I'm thinking of somebody else. Then all right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you're, I, you're thinking. You're thinking of um, what's his oh, name? The fuck is his name? And he, and he, yeah, he's dead. Um, Scooter, not Scooter Libby. Um, he's the pilot. He flew all. The, he, he had his own yeah, fleet of aircraft. Yeah, him and, him and Tosh Plumley were really good friends and shit. You know, and he he was running his flight. Uh, actually, that movie uh, with Mel Gibson in it. Oh, um, uh, Air America. Air, Air America was loosely based on his life. And, and it's scary how, if you really go back and watch Air America now, you know, it was one of those, uh, it was, it, that came out during the Vietnam feel-good movie period when they were putting out Platoon and, and uh, Full right, Metal yeah, Jacket yeah. and all that stuff. And they really made it look like it was some great thing. And if you watch it now that you know more and you don't, you really think about it, you're like, Jesus, that was that was completely ridiculous what was going on there. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean... I have, I've always, I mean, I've always felt that there's been controls trying to take over this government since the in, initiation of the Federal Reserve and in nineteen thirteen. Nobody believes me. <laughs> nobody no, believes nobody you about believes, what? Buzzy? About what? Nobody, be, nobody believes me. But I've always said for I don't know how long now. Who do you think really controls the world? Well, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, that whole group. Yeah, who, who controls you? Yeah. yeah, and who controls them? Well, who do you think? The Jesuits of Rome. The see now, Buzzy, that's not that crazy. <laughs> it's not that crazy. It really isn't. Do your homework. I will. I will. Don't worry. I I, I know what you're talking about. All right, uh, Buzzy, I'm going to let you wrap up here. I'm going to do Kevin another minute or two, and i got a bunch of stories i got left here. Okay. So 
Um, I ain't hanging up until you admit I was right and you was wrong. I'm not wrong yet. The election's not over. You talk to me November 8th and we'll discuss it. We will no, We will wait till uh, two weeks from now when Donald Trump is nominated president of the United States. When he's nominated not, as, as a Republican not, Party not, president. Not nominated as president, but as a Republican uh, nomination. Yeah, when they, when they keep him, we'll, we'll discuss it. And, and before Buzzard goes, I want to say, you know, vote for Buzzard for the uh, Buzzard Teamsters Union. <laughs> yeah, make sure y'all go buy a, don't be a Buzzy. See you later. Later, brother. There goes Buzzy. All right, Kevin, um, last couple of words. Anything else you got in there you're thinking of? Any comments with the interview? Uh, oh, I, I love listening to Scott. You know, he, he's good. He's just up there like, I, you know, so when I met you, you, you this summer, you know, uh, the photo guys, uh, Whatever, I'm having a brain fart uh, that you have on in him. It's very informative, and you know, and he's got some good insight. You know, it's, it's like I said, I'm 90 10 with him on some of his stuff and whatnot. But that's, you know, ain't nobody gonna ever agree with anybody 100 percent on anything, no matter what. Well, so, exactly. But, him and I are the same way. You know, I mean, he doesn't believe in chemtrails. He thinks I'm crazy for it, but that's okay. That that's all part of the fun. You know, he's a good guy. You know, I should try to get you an interview with my nephew. That fucker was in the Air Force, and me and him know. He's seen the shit, and he knows, you know. If he wants uh, to talk about it, I'd be more than happy to do it. I just don't have the scrambling technology on this board, so I wouldn't be able to cover up his voice or anything. Yeah, let me let me talk to him and see, and see what. Yeah, he just got out like a year ago. He's, he's on a world tour right now, man. He's Thailand, freaking Cambodia, and everywhere, man. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right, Katie. <laughs> All right, Katie. I want to get to some other stories here. I only got about I don't know ten, fifteen minutes left, so I'm going to try to cover some of these things I got sitting here, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Roger that. Hillary for prison. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Peace out. Great calls. I love when people give a call in. It doesn't happen often here, but it's nice to have it happen. I like to talk with people every once in a while. It it brings out different things, you know it. You never know what somebody's going to say off the street there. So let me see. We covered that. We we talked about we talked about the uh, the Orlando shooting briefly with Scott. Uh, some of the things I know this is kind of old. I wanted to talk about this last week. Some of the things that really grabbed my attention that I had read last week was uh, some the, the police coming out talking about their encounters. The cops that were actually. Uh, there in the beginning that went in that were the first responders and how they never they had a shootout with somebody they never saw i found that kind of interesting that they never saw this guy they had a shootout with and of course we've seen the articles uh, we are changed put out an article talking about how it's a good feasibility that there might not have been anybody really dead and again i'm not claiming this to be truth there might not have anybody really been anybody dead prior to the Law enforcement raid, okay. That's a pot. I'd have to believe a few were at least dead prior to that. I'm not going to put all those deaths on the Orlando PD and their SWAT team, but I don't doubt that there probably weren't some taken out by the Orlando SWAT team, and we'll never know for sure. But we have to assume at least one or two, at the very least, at the very least. You know, we're affected by that. And then, of course, a few days after that, a story came out. Uh, FBI investigators say they have n- found no evidence the Orlando shooter, Orlando shooter had a gay lovers. 
But then again, all these gay lovers are coming. No, I'm positive. I, I know this was him. I know this happened. So it'd be interesting to, uh, you know, if we'll ever really find any truth out about that. I, I don't want to get into it. I know it's kind of fallen off the, 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 the thing that everybody's talking about. But I wanted to just kind of throw out those two thoughts of mine. Another story I had posted on my, my Facebook this past week, my Twitter, uh, was this story about the U.N. military vehicles seen rolling through the uh, Virginia interstates. And this, the only reason I bring this up is because it, 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 it caused for a massive debate. Now, I wasn't sharing this saying, look, they're invading us. The U.N. trucks are here. I was just kind of like, oh, look at this. There's U.N. trucks on trailers going through Virginia here. What's up with that? Why is that? Hmm, I wonder. And, of course, I got, you know, both sides of it. Everybody flipping out that it's a conspiracy and that they're they're here to take over. And then other people came back with some great information talking about how these trucks are actually built in, like, two or three different locations here in America. And the reason I bring this up is because the whole point of me sharing it was to allow people to debate and discuss and maybe bring some some information to the the story that, that makes it make sense. And based on what I've seen, it makes sense. I've, I've seen some other things come across my my feeds here and there, but nothing that, that I'm worried about. You know, it's just going to be a night of calls. Greg, how you doing, brother? Hey, Sean. How's it going? Nah, pretty good. What's new? Hey, uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, not to drop the bag too soon, but I'll be, I guess I'll be joining you again uh, in next studio. Tuesday evening. Yeah, yeah. in right. studio next Tuesday. Greg will be here with me. God knows what we'll talk about. God knows what's going to happen between now and then. I mean, that really kind of um, defines how the show operates. That's how I run my show, at least. So we'll see what, what comes up. I know you've been sending me some some stuff. If you want to tease some of what you, you're thinking about. I have. Actually, well, <clears throat> we could talk about some of that next week, but I wanted to clue you in and clue some of the listeners in on something that I might want to bring up in next week's show or even something you might want to consider. Um, previously, we had had a discussion with Braxton Hayes the uh, or had the interview with Braxton Hayes, that sheriff, out in New Mexico, that uh, the the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association right. cop that had been stopped in New Mexico for uh, having an undercover ID by TSA was harassed, and subsequently has been framed for a uh, a sex crime. Um, his case is scheduled to still go to trial in November, but I just had a long conversation with him, and the uh, the prosecutor and the uh, all the groups in New Mexico that are against him as well as the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association of America, um, they've been looking to try to search his home and try to get financial records of all of his backers from constitutional sheriffs and otherwise. So it's something that I think that uh, needs to be brought to light, and uh, it's something that I'm, I'm researching. And I'm, I'm looking to get an interview this week, and I'm going to try to break it on your show, Sean. All right, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I, I remember we discussed that before, and I've, I've seen you interviewed him yourself, and... I'm curious to see where this goes because we see that people like that. That happened here in Florida. There was a, a sheriff that had let a guy go uh, that was arrested for carrying. Uh, uh, I don't think he was carrying feloniously, but he was carrying concealed without a concealed carry permit. And he just let the guy out of the jail. And the guy got you know, it ended up being a big thing. But now he's been reinstated and everything's been fixed. So it's, it's interesting to hear how these stories go down the line. Exactly, and I think this is a long way from being fixed because um, in regards to the, to the past story, uh, Sheriff Harger, 
was the, the sheriff in question, the, the, the cop in question. And, and I know your opinion on cops. It's the same as my opinion on cops. Right. Well, there, this, there's good ones out there. I mean, you know, look at Rayford Davis. He's been on my exactly. show before. He's a good, he's a good cop. He's part of, uh, Leap, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. He comes yep. out and speaks about how, uh, he hated what he was doing and that's why he got out of the profession. So there's good ones out there. Exactly. So that's good this, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got me started on this. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, this guy, um, he was—he's a member of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association of America. These oh, are the guys. Sheriff that, Max uh, organization, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And he was—and they've actually um, the prosecutors in his case. We were just talking about this five minutes before I called in. Um, they've actually subpoenaed Sheriff Max' financial records in relation to this case because Mac and his organization have donated to the Legal Defense Fund of this guy. So Sheriff Mack is intimately involved in this case. Um, so it's one of the things I, I'm going to do an interview this week and, and try to bring some attention to it. And we're going to start here on the Sean Raz show and really try to take this to a bigger you know, playing field and take this to a bigger audience because this is a case of a guy who uncovered drug sales and corruption in city officials in a small town in New Mexico. Go figure. And then yeah, was able that. to... Yeah, imagine that. And then was able to, you know, take it to a bigger stage before he was ultimately stopped. And also, this is the first guy that was ever on scene at a murder involving a cop's wife where the cop was accused of killing his wife. So this is a good cop in a circle of sharks known as bad cops. And I've been behind him since day one. You've you've been behind him. Jack Blood was the first guy behind him, uh, really, when we broke the story almost two and a half years ago. Well, it's good. it's good to hear that we're going to get some more information. I look forward to seeing what's coming with that. And it's funny you say that because one of the stories, and I, I, I got a couple stories I want to touch on in the last four or five minutes here. And one of those stories was, um, and when I posted this story, I kind of did it that same way. I said, you know, everybody always says that there's, um, you know, it's only a few bad apples that, that causes the issues in law enforcement. But then we see... This uh, story coming out of uh, Oakland, California, where it was 30 bad cops that were having sex with a prostitute that was underage at for majority of the time. I don't know if you've seen this right. story. No, no. Actually, that, that story is about a girl named Celeste Guap. Yep. And actually, she's my friend on Facebook. I made sure and friended her to uh, talk to her because I wanted yeah, to I'm know. I'm sure what you wanted was. to talk to her, Greg. Uh, shut up, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, uh, her mother is a dispatcher for the Oakland Police Department. Yep. And uh, starting when she was about 16 years old, she began to sleep with a variety of different cops on the Oakland Police Department force and was getting information about CIs, confidential informants, about information about cases, this, that, and the other. And, you know, Oakland Police Department has had its share of, of run-ins with the feds and just run-ins with the general public in terms of violating our constitutional rights and shooting us. So it's no surprise that something as dirty as this would happen. But, yeah, the girl was 16 when it happened. She's about 20 years old now, maybe 19. But she's, uh, she's had sex, allegedly, with about 30 cops, um, some of whom have resigned on the Oakland police force. Yep. Well, it's not even just the Oakland police force. We're seeing that uh, Contra Costa sheriff's yeah. deputies yep. were also involved. That's it's, one county over. And Celeste, uh, Celeste said, what's her name, Celestine? Celeste, Celeste Guap. Celestine Guap. Celestine says she slept with more than 30 in all street cops, sergeants, captains, even police dog handlers. Uh, so when, when people, uh, here's the breakdown. 
Uh, <laughs> here's how the police sex scandal is spreading. According to Celesta, involves 16 officers from the Oakland Police Department, six Richmond police officers, four Almeda, uh, Almeda County Sheriff's deputies, three San Francisco cops, one Contra Sheriff's, de- Sheriff's deputy, one Livermore cop, one police officer from the U.S. Military Defense Logistics Agency who contacted Celeste, so whatever her name is, after the scandal erupted. So it just goes to show you, it's not just, uh, unfortunately, there's only one good apple in a bunch of 70 apples. And that's the sad thing that this shows. Everybody wants to, and again, I don't want to hate cops. I, I always say this when I get into these conversations where I start talking about law enforcement and, and how they're doing all these bad things. I don't want to hate cops. I have cops that are my friends, that we sit and talk about this stuff, and they're just as upset by it. But this kind of thing where you've got 30, possibly more cops involved in one small little area, you can't say it's just a a bad apple in a bunch. That's correct. But once in a while, you have to have that one good white knight cop like Braxton Hayes down in New Mexico, when you've got a C, literally a C. I mean, you've got this one good guy, and then literally, if you look at pretty much every other cop. Sea of shit. A sea of shit. <laughs> pretty much every other cop in any given force. I mean, unless you're in small town Tennessee, which I had some experience. Now, you might get it worse there. I mean, I, I live in a smaller, <laughs> I mean, my county, yeah. I think our county is uh, approximately 300,000 people, give or take, my county I live in. Yeah, my, well, we're talking we're talking about a, a county in Tennessee with a population of 6,000. Right. And the guy who's a cop now, making $13 an hour, by the way, 13 bucks an hour as a city cop in Tennessee, his dad was a cop, his grandpa was a sheriff, his uncle was uh, an FBI agent, and great-grandpa used to bust bootleggers. It's a, it, you know, in, in Tennessee and here in the Deep South, um, much to the chagrin of the rest of the country, law enforcement isn't really a profession. It's an entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, we have a sheriff up in our area. Well, not my area, but up by Tampa, uh, Grady Judd. He's loved by his community. He's very, very strong against drugs. He's done some great things when it comes to sexual predators, uh, different things like that. He's very good on that. But he is one of those, you know, there'll never be drugs in my county. If they tell me it's legal, then, you know, it's legal, but I'll deal with it as I have to. You know, right. the, funny, the funny thing is is that in his county and your county and, uh, and my county and even Lee County, actually all of South, you basically get south of, I don't know, Georgia, and all of a sudden it's an Oxycontin parade. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody down here and their brother and sister, um, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I was at a 4th of July party yesterday, and I walked into the bathroom and there was three chicks in the bathroom in various forms of undress and with tinfoil in hand, lighters in the other, smoking Oxycontins. Ugh. Now, I'm just this simple kid from Utah. I, I don't know much about drugs, right? And what the hell is going on down here? Are, is the law enforcement really trying to stop drugs, or are they really flying these low-flying Cessnas into southwest Florida and southern Florida making drops in the middle of the night from Cuba of a bunch of Oxycontin blue pills. Yeah, you know, well, that's that's one of my biggest issues. You know, we, we have this drug war, and they're trying to stop drugs. And, and in the 10 years I've lived in Florida, you'd actually be surprised. It's been fixed a lot. Uh, they've, they've, they've worked hard on, on making it harder to do it. 
I mean, I even, years and years ago, I think it was seven, eight years ago, I called a doctor because I had hurt my back at work. And like, well, we don't just prescribe pills. I'm like, well, I don't want pills. I just want you to fix my back or tell me what's wrong. Right. You know, so it's gotten a lot harder. But that is, that's the big thing down here right now. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know how to stop it. I'm not for big pharma. I think that they're the biggest drug dealers. I think they've caused more of the problems that we see off of their product than we do off of Coke or off of uh, weed or off of even acid. <clears throat> so it would be nice for them to to suffer the consequences, but they won't as long as they're still in the pocket. That's right. And, and, and you know, to go back to yesterday's story, it really disheartened me because – you know, there's a time in my life, I'm sure there's a time in a lot of listeners' lives where you go through a period of, of pretty serious drug addiction and to come face-to-face with that again, it's not so hard now, but, you know, 10 years ago, I'd have been like, hey, man, let me smoke some of that. Yeah. The hard part I, I don't is- even get smoking it. I mean, when I was at my worst case, phase of my life is when I got really bad in the Coke and I would snort some pills every once in a while, but I would snort pills. I never smoked it. I don't, what's this, what's this smoking shit? Well, apparently, okay, so that, that's what I was about to get to is I, I asked this girl. I walked back out and popped a beer, and she comes out, and she's all, yay, yeah, love. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, so I pulled her aside. And I'm like, so I walked in. You're all smoking that stuff. I know what you're all doing. What does it make you feel like? And she's like, I used to do heroin. I used to shoot heroin. And heroin's a big problem down here in southern Florida. And she's like, yeah, I used to shoot heroin, and now I can feel just as good, and there's no needle marks on my arms. And well, I'm like, it's the same oh, thing, basically. Fuck. I mean, really. Yeah, it, it's the same thing, but I'm like, wow, you, you exchanged one drug for another simply for the fact that you would get bruises on your arm and, and use needles. And I, I get that. Using needles is a bad thing. I would never advocate for somebody to hype drugs. I'm glad you're but, here for us to tell us that, Craig. I would have never uh-huh. thought that using needles was a good thing. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, yeah, I'm the first guy to to go for that. But, you know... Just the thought that she was so open about it, and it's just, it's an accepted way of life. You know, I walked away well, from that legal. a long time ago. It's legal. It, she can go get it legally, it, it's, you know. It's true, but just to see the fact that this this generation of 20-somethings, even 30-somethings, I'm almost, I'll be 40, I'll be 43 years old next year, and to see these kids who are in their 20s and even in their 30s that are still wrapped up in this cycle of destruction i mean the worst i do is i have a vodka and tonic and i just worry about the future of our society because of this yeah it's it's um it's it's a scary thing that we see coming we'll be able to talk about that more next week while you're here in studio we'll have some more time um i'm gonna wrap things up now greg i appreciate your call hey man talk to you next week i'll see you up there in in, uh, your place man sounds good to me brother we'll talk to you soon there goes Greg. All right, guys, I appreciate you joining me tonight on the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos. Live. I'll be here next week with Greg Knight in studio. Hopefully they're not going to dig up my uh, cable and try to make it right. <laughs> that would be my luck, wouldn't it? They would They would come. Greg will be standing here, and there will be a big trench uh, where they're trying to fix my cable. Again, I appreciate you guys listening. Join me next week. Make sure you stick around. I think Man vs. Woman will be up uh, after here, after my show. You guys have a great week. Peace out.
Investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense A weapon in a war against ourselves The setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all with no time to waste Fuck this red race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. And I Home. But right from day one, I've been in this alone With arms stacked against, I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Allie, don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death This is a test, just a frequency check For intelligent life, now's time to connect it's an SOS, the death's been sent So now we just wait and hope for the best With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us from the moon We'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful The silent with the light show from a passing UFO
love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bump diggity. Yeah.